0: Episode 34 of The Ball Pod, as you know. And it is currently November 30th, a Wednesday. <coughs> a Wednesday, 6.24pm Mountain Time. How is everybody doing out there? I hope you're all doing great. I hope you've had a great week. I hope your week last week was good. I, you know what... <coughs> apparently i'm dying no i'm not um (laughs) i swear the day i cough, the day (laughs) the, the day of a run i always cough like for six hours after the run it's so stupid um what so you may be wondering what's going on with paul you know what is he doing what has he done is he is anything happening in his life Well, some things are happening. Okay, let me tell you. (laughs) I finished War and Peace. (laughs) All 1,300 pages. (laughs) I finished that, badass. That book, I finished it. uh, (coughs) And wow, I need to drink some water, apparently. Yeah, so I finished War and Peace. Um, Loved it. Uh, put an official review in Goodreads and Instagram if you want to read that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it was just such a phenomenal book. <clears throat> and I guess I'll give the full review now. Um, so, I mean, I, I read this book slowly over, like, two years plus. Um, for, like, the first two years, I was just, like, riding around. I'd read, like, a chapter, and then seven months would go by, and then I'd read another chapter or something. Because it just... <coughs> It was just, like, I was not even close to having it done. So there was, like, so little motivation to f- continue, I guess. And I, some parts of the book are, like, a little bit dry. You know, it's like, oh, there's a war going on. You know, now we're not in a ball, in some fancy ball in Petersburg. Oh, now we're, you know, at Austerlitz fighting the, the French. <clears throat> um, it, it has some, like, dry parts where it's, like, not as engaging, I guess. But it's still... An amazing book. Um, the characters in that book are amazing. Author killed off many of them, sadly. Um, prince Andre was a fucking amazing character. Um, his father was an amazing character, the old prince. Um, Natasha is an amazing character. Denisov is an amazing character. Um, I think my f- top favorite characters would go Prince Andre, then the old prince. Then Natasha, Dennis, <coughs> Dennis after that. For that. <coughs> Welcome to the coughing podcast. Un, um, unfiltered, completely unfiltered coughing. Um, just, just the entire podcast. So I know you guys wanted a, a podcast you could listen to. It was just some guy that was coughing and we got that okay so just keep listening and the coughs will continue <laughs> um yeah so war and peace was amazing i do love how they literally changed between <coughs> like war like one second they'll be like in petersburg like at some party and then like the next chapter they're at war and the like the same people that were at that party are now like on the front lines or not not those same people like relatives or family members of that family that was at that party are now on the front lines and so like you're seeing part of the family is on the front lines part of the family is at home just chilling like living it up so that whole war and peace thing he really does like switch between the two artfully it was really really good um really love the book great characters uh, great history great <laughs> there's just like so much stuff i learned about like french and russian history like i didn't even know that alexander the emperor of russia at the time like he like went into france into into paris after the war of 1812 and just real quick the war of 1812 was napoleon was you know conquering to the east of of france he started invading to the east of France and so it eventually went all the way to Moscow where his forces stopped, <clears throat> you know, stop advancing. Not really because they didn't have as many troops or something, but just because, I don't know, <clears throat> there's like morale was an issue, I guess, I don't know. <clears throat> From what I could tell, I think they had like more than enough troops to keep going they just didn't, like... There are different stories. Like some people say, oh, Napoleon got sick and then he withdrew from Moscow or something. But um, anyway, yeah, the World War of 1812 was French, the French under Napoleon um, advancing all the way to to Moscow. And then they took Moscow and they burned it to the ground. And then um, they, they then left, basically. Maybe they made it a little bit past Moscow. I actually forget. But basically Moscow was like the last major city that they conquered. And so then they started, like, fleeing to the west. And then the Russians were, like, right on their tails and they started, you know, attacking them as they were fleeing. But what I didn't know about all that is that, like, Alexander actually invaded west, like, as a countermeasure. Like, all the way to Paris. And then it stopped in Paris, apparently. Kind of interesting. The capitals of those two countries, like, each invasion stopped there. Um, Which makes sense, I guess. Anyway so much historical information um uh like the amount of like old into antiquated french in that like they provide all the translations for the french it's it's a book where the, the main characters speak a lot of french like a lot and um leo even like explains it as like a as like a part of the appendix why it was done that way and i think he said that it was because it was just like I actually completely forget. I'm not even going to try to attempt to explain that. But he does explain it at the end. Um, and there was a good reason for it. But yeah, it's like antiquated French style. It's like 1860s French. So it's like not like, you know, it's kind of old. Some of the words they use are like not used as much anymore, kind of. Um, so it's cool. Because, I mean, I'm always looking to brush up on my French. So anyway, honestly, just to... I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have to say about it, but I don't think so. Oh, it's part of, like, this review, because I'm doing a review, I guess, on the podcast real quick. um, The epilogue starts great, and it ends just—it doesn't really end well. Like, I I didn't like the ending, because the epilogue is basically, like— The first part of the epilogue is, like, going over, like, where the characters are now. Oh, five, seven years later, after the last chapter or something— where are these characters now that are still alive um that was great every the second part was completely talking about like philosophy like the philosophy of power and what is freedom and which is like interesting stuff and i think it's something we definitely need to think about my problem is it doesn't tie it back at the very end like it starts by explaining napoleon's war and how that and that develop that devolves into a discussion about like, you know, what is freedom, what is power, how do people get power, etc but it doesn't tie it back at the very end. The end of the epilogue it literally just fucking like it literally stops by saying by explaining what power and freedom is and then talking about like stuff related to that, but it doesn't like tie it all together, you know it doesn't tie it together like, I feel like at the very end of the epilogue, he needed to basically tie it all together. Like, just a, a couple paragraphs saying, how does this relate to the War of 1812? What are you really trying to get at? Because it's very, like, um, it was a bit hard to read. Um, so, yeah, that was my one problem with the book. But other than that, I thought it was amazing. Um, and I read the la- the second half of it, or the, I guess the the last quarter of it, to. Water milk which is my cat my feral cat so it was kind of weird because i was reading it out loud so literally like the last third of that book was read out loud <laughs> which is kind of interesting but yeah that's my war and peace review i would read it overall five out of five it's amazing i think everyone should read it great storytelling great characters great writing just great literature read it um on other news with related books, I've also started and finished a different book since I last talked with you guys. It's Balzac and the Little Chinese Seamstress. It's a very small book. It's 184 pages or something. But it's a really good book. I bought it like two years ago from the glass bookstore. Because I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I forgot, <laughs> well, I was I was worthy of War and Peace at the time, so I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to start this until I finish War and Peace or something. So um, finally got the chance to start that. It's an amazing story. Like, I really liked it. Um, small and digestible, you know, not too long. <laughs> it's crazy going from, like, a novel that's, like, 1,317 pages to 184. <laughs> you can just get it done in a day. Um, I didn't, because I like to take time reading my books, but yeah you could anyway the Balzac and the little timesy chinese seamstress is a story about two um chinese children like they're in their like late teens 20s it was under the time of chairman mao and uh it was a time when basically if your parents were like enemies of the state then you had to be sent to a remote mountain village to be re-educated and there weren't any books you could read that weren't like approved by mao himself so like you couldn't read like war and peace, you know? You you had to read Why Chairman Mao is Amazing by Chairman Mao. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only types of books you could read. Um, and so they are sent to a, uh, basically a mountain village for re-education. It's in the 70s. And um, <clears throat> they meet this little um, Chinese seamstress, <laughs> they meet a a woman a little girl who's like um their age and she's a the daughter of a tailor and she's a seamstress and so um they become good friends with her um one of them falls in love with her and then after that um they find a bunch of books well they steal a bunch of books from another student that's also there for re-education um they steal like a whole like suitcase of old books um, lots of which I've never heard of, which is, because I think some of them are from some of them are from like French authors. Like I don't know, some, there are some like notable ones like Monte Cristo, Count Monte Cristo. It's a classic book. Um, but apparently there are like you know lots of classics from like French authors, English authors like Jane Austen. Or I guess that will be an American, or but that is she English? I actually don't know. I feel stupid. Anyway, they steal a bunch of books, a bunch of old classic books that are, like, forbidden. Like, these books are forbidden in the current state of China. Because it's not something Chairman Mao believes in or something. Um, so they they steal the books, they read them, like, they love reading them. Like, they just, their lives are changed, like, completely just from reading classic books. Which is, just, first of all, so inspiring. Like, like we take classics for, for granted and, like, the common... in like today's day and age where we have like tiktok and like video games and movies and stuff it's just like these people that had their lives changed from reading classics uh classic books so it's kind of interesting so they steal the books and they read them and they actually act out certain books like to their to their friend the seamstress or something and anyway, it's just an amazing story. Um, eventually, the seamstress moves to the city, and they, they chase after her, but they can't catch her. And then that's kind of like the end. I probably missed a lot, but yeah. It's a really, really good book. I recommend it. It's very short, too. So the next book I'm going to read is actually... I actually started a new book this this um, this afternoon. It's called Denver's Early Architecture. It's a it's a Picture slash textbook, mostly a picture book, with some like captions and stuff. But it's basically about Denver's early architecture, right? Like the like the earliest houses, hotels, um, you know, buildings that aren't there anymore, basically, or some that are, um, and why they're important and how popular they were and what they did and stuff. So I just I'm a few pages into it, but they're going over like hotels that no longer exist. I'm get at some of these pictures, and I'm just like, damn. I just love looking at buildings that no longer exist from, like, the 1800s. That's just really cool to me. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying the book so far. I'm only, like, 10 pages in it. And this is another short one. This is, like, 120 pages, so... Should get through it in a couple days, probably. Um, yeah, and I need to find... That reminded me. I need to search for, ho- like, the oldest hotel in this city that's still like standing and i'm not gonna go to that hotel um that's what that book has inspired me to do so i gotta look into that anyway um puzzles i started a fucking 500 piece puzzle my brother brought up the fact that <laughs> in the first episode i said fucking too much and i do say the f word way too much and it's just like I don't do it like on purpose it just kind of like comes out like I'm not trying to sound cool or anything it's just something that I'm used to doing but I do get if like the amount of usages of that word the amount of times I use that word, it's like kind of like creep or like cringe or something but yeah I'll try to tone that down (laughs) Um, start a new puzzle Uh, it's a 500 piece puzzle it's called a peaceful farm and it's like pretty much done I'm actually looking at it right now, and it's just the this, sky this that needs to be done. Like, we're talking less than 50 pieces. But the sky is the worst, because it's just, like, it all looks the same. But, I mean, like, once I get, like, five pieces in, I'll be like, oh, and then this one goes there. And, yeah, it'll take, like, no time at all. But, yeah, after that one's done, I'm going to start another one. I got that, uh, like, a bulletin board. <clears throat> Works really well. So, Yeah. I just, it's cool because I can just have it on the, excuse me, it's cool because I can have it on the bed. Like, it's just a, it's a bulletin board, really flat, big enough to fit a puzzle, and it's on the bed. I love that, and I think I probably mentioned this last time or one of these episodes, but I used to make puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, on beds with my, with my grandma, (laughs) Grandma Bernie. She would have a puzzle board on her bed. And she'd be doing a puzzle, and I'd be like, can I join you? And she'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Changing topics. Let's talk about buttermilk. He is getting more comfortable being around me. More, more so at home. He's still, when I approach him, he, like, runs away. He's still not comfortable. He, it's weird. He's comfortable being around me, but not when I'm, like, standing and moving towards him. If I'm standing... And I'm big and tall. And I'm moving towards him. He's running away. Unless I have food. And then he's okay with it. Because he knows where I'm going. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, he's getting really comfortable at home. Like, the last couple days, he's been, like, rolling around to the couch, like, playfully. At, well, I'm, like, right there sitting on it. Like, really close to me. So he's com- he's being comfortable at home. And he's, you know when I feed him sometimes when he he's eating he'll take a break and he'll like walk up to me and sniff me which he usually never did ever and then um lately when I eat when he's eating and I'm sitting there in the chair like right next to the food he'll actually turn his back to me so he actually has started turning his back to me which is something that I never thought he'd really do because you know he's very suspicious and he he doesn't like to not be in control because he thinks i'm i don't know he still thinks he doesn't really trust me that much i guess so for him to have his back to me is kind of crazy now if i try to pet him when he has his back to me i have tried that and he literally like jumps and like turns around as <laughs> like what are you doing um so yeah things are going pretty good um with buttermilk. Uh, also, his eyes are getting like way better. Like as of today, his eyes looked amazing. But for like the last week, his eyes haven't been like, you know, discharging nearly as much. And he had, I haven't heard him s- like sneezing. I used to hear him sneezing a lot because he did have that virus, and he he might still have it. I don't really know. um But his eyes are just looking so much better. He's in better spirits. You know, he doesn't have stuff stuck in his nose anymore, from what I can tell. Um, So, I'm going to see, I'm going to wait another month, and if everything, if there aren't any like flare-ups, like he's completely normal, and it seems like the virus is gone, I cannot wait to get another cat, because I think he really needs a friend. Because I've been, (laughs) sometimes when I'm on TikTok, I, I see a ton of cat TikToks whenever I'm on that app. Oh, by the way, that's a freaking talking point. We need to talk about TikTok so stupid um sometimes when i'm on tiktok and i'm scrolling you know swiping through or whatever there'll be a tiktok with kittens in it kitten sounds like kitten meows every time i play a tiktok video with the sound of kittens meowing he starts meowing like seriously like even when i'm like right in front of him when i'm like feet away from him and i'm on the couch and he's on the floor. I'll, I just did it like the other night and he just started, he just starts meowing and I've never seen him meow in front of me. I've seen him meow like when he was like in a different room or something, or I couldn't see him anyway. <clears throat> his eyes are getting better. So we're going to, we're going to wait, wait it out for another month and we're going to, hopefully I can get another cat. Cause I can't really get another cat now. Cause I, if he, if he does have feline herpes virus, I don't want it to transmit to another cat. So, I'm hoping to wait until the coast is clear to get another cat. But things are looking way better for him, so I'm really happy about that. Um, Yeah, TikTok is is definitely something I need to talk about. Okay, and this is a super quick talking point, but, like, I fucking hate TikTok. But I also fucking love it. Um, I think, like, the first 10 or 15 TikToks you see that you don't just swipe past because it's stupid are like actually good and then after a while it just stops becoming good but my main point here is goddamn, i hate how tiktok like influences you to like eat poorly (laughs) am i alone on this or does anyone else like get that feeling i don't know i've seen it happen with myself i'll be watching tiktok like someone will have an ad for let's say it's burger king or something like like not like an advertisement but like an actual tiktok of someone like Reviewing Burger King or talking about Burger King or in the drive through And then, like, an hour later, I'm like, damn, I want some Burger King. <laughs> I just fucking ate it. Because I think it just influences you to make, make bad eating decisions. So I totally don't support TikTok. And it is currently uninstalled, but it will be uninstalled for a short time only. It will be installed again at some point. But, goddamn, after like 50 swipes, I see something so stupid that I just throw my phone. (laughs) I I close the app and I throw my phone against the bed or something. It's stupid, but it's kind of also great. But it's mostly stupid. Here's something to talk about. What's the deal with two-way stops? You know, what's the deal? Okay. No, no, but really, what's the deal with those fucking things? Okay. Uh, Two-way stops. What I'm talking about is when it's a two-way stop at an intersection. So one street has stop signs, the other one doesn't. Interesting thing about two-way stops that I didn't realize until recently, and I'm actually... I'm just only like 75% sure about this. But if you are walking on the sidewalk towards an intersection where the stop signs in that two-way stop are not on the street you're walking on, they're on the cross street. If you walk through and there's a vehicle coming that's turning right as you're walking through I'm pretty sure you don't have a right of way as a pedestrian. But I feel like I did think that for like a long time. Um, and it makes sense because they don't have a stop sign. Um, and I, I thought it was like crazy because I, I thought pedestrians always have the right of way at any time. But that is not true I, from what I read. And I might not have read Denver's or Colorado's. Um, rule about this, but I'm pretty sure, um, that, yeah, that's not, you're supposed, which is weird, So now you're supposed to like, am I supposed to turn my shoulder? I'm doing it in real life, so that's why the voiceover cut out. Am I supposed to turn my shoulder every time I go, like, into that kind of intersection with a two-way stop? Gotta make sure there's not a car coming! Okay, it's safe. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) But I just feel stupid because I for the longest time I was like I didn't look you know I just because I, I felt like if I'm crossing a street like a residential street with no light and a two-way stop I have right away I must I am pedestrian <laughs> um yeah I feel like pedestrian rules I'm still not that great about and I think it probably changes based on the city so yeah, that's all I have to say about Two-Way Stops. But what's the deal with Two-Way Stops? I mean, really? <laughs> I'm trying to do, like, a Seinfeld bit. I've been watching a shit ton of Seinfeld clips on YouTube. They're just so fucking good. Oh, man, I was so pissed off. I wanted to watch Seinfeld, like, actual episodes, but Hulu doesn't have it anymore. It has to be, like, like I forget. I think it's either only on Prime or it's only on Netflix or both. But Hulu does not have those anymore. But I think it used to, right? So I was disappointed. So I've just been watching a ton of clips. Okay, time to switch into the baking and cooking part of the podcast. This is now a baking and cooking podcast, even though I haven't started talking about anything yet. Um, <laughs> this year, i am decided I'm going to start making Christmas cookies. Um, I've just thought about, like, I've... Been to a few people's houses in, like, the past where, like, people had, like, tons of different Christmas cookies. And I just, like, I love them. And I never really made them for myself because I thought, well, Mom will just make them or something. And I just, to this day, haven't really ever done that. Um, so I'm thinking about actually making Christmas cookies this year. And uh, I want to make, like, a crazy amount of them. Like, a crazy amount of different kinds. Not quantity. Different... Different kinds. So, like, I would say the classics are peanut butter blossoms, Linzer stars, spritz cookies, sugar cookies, chocolate crinkle cookies, pecan crescents, and gingerbread. Or at least those are my favorite classic. These are just my favorite Christmas cookies. But there are just like so many other ones that I want to make that I've seen recipes for. And I kind of like want to make myself like a box or a basket of like cookies like maybe one or two or three of each type just to like have in the house and just i don't know just eat once (laughs) um yeah so i'm probably going to be giving a lot of them away to friends and neighbors and stuff which is kind of why i'm even considering it because like (laughs) i don't want to actually have all these in the house like i'm just gonna if i have to give them away to like homeless shelters or something i will do that (laughs) because i really just want to make like I want, like, three of each type for me, just to be like, I I had it, you know? Every other type, I'm just gonna be giving to neighbors, friends, family, basically. But but there are other types I want to make, too. Like, I want to make a Christmas tree cookie. Bit of a tangent. Pick and Save in Milwaukee had these amazing Christmas tree cookies. It was completely covered in this green dye, like, uh, I don't know frosting or something It was like a, like a shortbread Like cookie but it was shaped like a tree And it had like sprinkles on it And I have been wanting that cookie ever since I lived in Milwaukee I don't even think Milwaukee Pick and Save has it anymore um, It was like a 90's thing I think I haven't seen it since like the early 2000's I don't think But um, Pick and Save always had it And it was just like one of the best cookies I've ever had In my entire life if you live in Milwaukee, you know what I'm talking about. Please let me know. But I don't think anyone really listens to this podcast in Milwaukee. Anyway, yeah, there are like a, a a ton. Like there are Italian Christmas cookies that you make with ricotta. There are like chocolate cake mix cookies. There's like apple pie cookies. Okay, that's a little bit crazy. Um, butter and jam thumbprint cookies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna make a shit ton. Yeah, but I'm probably going to do it all in one day so I can have, like, a cookie basket for my house, Um, which is kind of weird, but, like, I don't know. I don't want to, like—I want them all to be, like, you know—I want to, like, give out to my friends and family, like, a complete set of cookies. So I'm actually going to be making, like, six to seven or something, like, different kinds in one day, which is going to be crazy. Anyway. That's all I got to say about cookies. Other things to talk about with cooking in general. I need to make some lemon bars sometime. I'm sure it's possible to make those. Seeing that I've made dream bars, I need to try and lemon bars. The lemon bars are one of my favorites ever. I'm like, just bars. Um, and finally, tonight, potentially, I think, I'm going to be making my own enchiladas, beef enchiladas. I already bought all the stuff I need for this. Beef enchiladas is homemade um, because I really just felt like making Mexican food, honestly, like from home. Um, And I might tonight make my own salsa and my own tortilla chips, like homemade tortilla chips, not store-bought. Which is exciting, but it's gonna be a lot of cooking, I think, for one day. So I might move the salsa and tortilla chips tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Because I just really wanted to make, like, homemade enchiladas. Like, really badly. I hope it turns out great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, the only other thing I really have to say is next week's episode, I plan to be high. Because apparently. Podcasts have like a high episode And we'll just make episode 35 that I thought it'd be fun <laughs> Um Why not The Wasted Podcast <laughs> I still need to get Gary on one of these My friend Gary Um Fuck maybe I'll bring him up. Nah I don't know I don't know if I'm good around other people when I'm high Cause I've never really been Like that Anyway that is all for this episode. This week's episode was brought to you by Colorado Parks and Rec. Um, we get a we get a donation from them every every week. Um, <laughs> just kidding. What am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying, Colorado. Is the mindset <laughs> and uh, next week episode will be high and the, the, the advice for this week is to just cook some homemade food that's it <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you in the next episode next week episode 35 where I'll be high okay see you then Worldly wise, I realize that everybody is crazy. A woman's